This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty. Hey everyone, I'm here with Gina Stamets. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So you're my cousin. Yes. You, we've known each other. Well, your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember your birthday. Go ahead. February 1st. Nice. Don't ask me the year. That's okay. I was very young. <laughs> but I was so excited that you were here and I hogged you at the baby shower, just so you know. Your I'm mom sure, had to I'm tell I'm sure him. You, there's a picture of that. Oh, I'm sure. Your mom yeah. finally was like, you need to let other people hold him. And I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> you would have been like six, right? Yeah, like six or seven. Right. Mm-hmm. So that That's makes sense. Yeah. That you'd be in that mindset to just hold me the whole time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so on top of that, like, I mean, I remember you would babysit me a ton too. I did. Yes. What was that like? Um, interesting. <laughs> I'm going to give you interesting. You were not the worst kid I babysat, if that makes you feel better. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I... Um, yeah. You didn't chase me around the house with a knife or an axe. Whoa. Yeah, that happened. Um, he, he became a great adult, so that's a plus. He turned out fine. Like you did. You turned out fine. Yeah. No. I liked you. I liked babysitting you because you enjoyed knowledge. And you knew a lot about... A lot of different things. Oh so you goodness. knew a lot about animals. Okay, so I still love Carmen San Diego, and like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. The computer game. Yes. Oh gosh, I still love it. Like, I wish I had it. <laughs> so if you want to like make my Christmas, there you go. Find me that. <laughs> yeah, and then so you were into animals. You were into sports and soccer and baseball and but like the stat side of it. And so I enjoyed watching you because I learned things. One of my strengths is learning, and so it was kind of cool. You didn't want to just like sit around and watch TV. Yeah. I don't know. I still, it still just like boggles my mind that I was learning all that stuff at such a young age, you know, world capitals and yes. population. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. Yeah. I was passionate about it for whatever reasons. So. You were. <laughs> Do you remember in the like front room, you would like spread out all of the cards of the animals. Yeah. They had to be in a specific order. Like we could not mess that up. <laughs> I don't remember that, but <laughs> I, I mean, I remember those cards. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. You were born and raised here in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, you know, what that was like for you. Okay. Yeah. So I actually lived a few different places. Um, I know. Yeah. I just, but, but kind of generalizing sure. it to just Fort Wayne. So Fort Wayne really seemed like a small town. And especially whenever we moved out to Leo. <laughs> that definitely seems small. So like to give you an idea, like I had been downtown Fort Wayne, not that downtown Fort Wayne is Detroit by any means. It's still small. But when I was in cheerleading, they were decorating the town for sectionals or regionals, something like that. And they were like, okay, well, this group is going to take downtown Leo. And I started laughing. <laughs> no one else was laughing. In fact, I got scolded later and was given dirty looks because they call like five businesses downtown Leo and I just lost it. Like oh, that's hilarious. So especially, to get in the 90s. Right? I mean, we like, didn't even have a stoplight in no. Leo in the 90s. Like we had a four-way stop. 
that was it. Yep. So to call that downtown Leo, like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was insane <laughs> to me. <laughs> but I held my tongue from then on. I don't, I don't make fun of downtown Leo anymore. <laughs> At least not around certain people. Yeah. Well, now everybody's going to hear it. Yeah, that's true. Uh-oh. I just got out. It's all right. I now I now own a business in Leo, but I'm not downtown Leo. I'm on the outskirts. So I think I'm okay. Cedarville. Maybe. Right? Cedarville. Yeah. But you know, growing up in Leo, my parents didn't know where we were half the time. Like you could ride your bike all day and be gone and you just came back for lunch and then you had to come back like when the street lights came on. You know, and you checked in every so often and you rode your bike to the gas station and bought like ten cent candy and yeah. it was amazing. Went swimming all day, as long as you got your chores done, which was like sweeping because I had so many siblings in a small house that it didn't take much to clean it. So I think I had like sweeping and edging was my job. Hmm. Awesome. That house was so tiny. It really was. For all of you. Yes. Because your mom would babysit too. Mm-hmm. And it was a good thing when you when you all moved it <laughs> to was. the, the Amstutz house. <laughs> It was, but you know, we had some crazy times. Mom would blare music and she would take all the chairs out. So our house had a lot of tile in it and she would let us like roller skate and rollerblade in the house. And we'd like go under the table and come back out and she'd blare music for us. And it was crazy. We had dance parties, wrestling matches. She couldn't keep plants alive. She thought it was her. It was us. We knocked them over regularly. (laughs) (laughs) She learned that later in life when we all moved out. Yeah. And all of her plants survive now. <laughs> nice. So when it comes to music, growing up and originally as a as a kid, Christian music was primarily what you were listening to. Uh, talk about who those artists were and what stands out to you today. Sure. Looking so, back. Yeah, looking back on that, there was a lot of Amy Grant. I remember that. I think we had, I'm so aging myself, cassette tapes. I had cassette tapes and they were my little like one you could carry around and oh yeah like the recording machine or whatever and so yeah that was played at night for sure so listen to that at night then of course you know my mom sang in, on like the praise team and in choir and stuff and so then we would you know have to go to practice sometimes with her and so we'd hear it that way and then, of course at church and so that's really where like hearing music started and then occasionally you'd hear some other stuff but it was primarily like Russ Taft, Amy Grant, and uh, Petra, I remember that one. Yeah, and then along with that, because we were at Calvary Temple at the time, then you also had the musicals that would go on. So then that's when I started getting into more musicals. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of cool. And then with our grandma, Grandma Mary, she had, I think, like every musical perhaps ever made. I'm not entirely sure, but it felt like so it. So many. So many. I mean... Yeah. So I'd watch musicals with her and loved that. Yeah. What was there any fave of yours of the musicals that you got to watch with grandma? Yes, My Fair Lady. Like, yeah. how can you not love that? So, I mean, if you just go off of music alone, it's awesome. But then if you, you know, get beyond that and all of the costuming and everything else that went into that movie, I'm like, oh, it's incredible. There were so many awards that it was up. I mean, it won Best Picture. I mean, it won so many awards Hebron did not win but uh she wasn't even nominated which is that's kind of a slap yeah because she was incredible in it right you know what though I think it had to do with the fact that she didn't actually sing so when they filmed it 
she did sing and she practiced and did everything in the background probably and then they dubbed over her and they didn't tell her because i read her um like autobiography wow yeah maybe it wasn't an auto maybe it's just anyway yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah so she thought it was going to be her she worked really really hard on it and then found out later it was not her so i think that actually is how she got snubbed for awards oh interesting but yeah i mean it costume design cinematography art direction music won best sound so yeah yeah that's awesome and then rex harrison won for best actor oh yeah just it's an amazing movie yeah even what 60 years later oh yeah like i have it and i have like the special edition of it and I'm, i like totally geek out with it and like watch all of the extra stuff <laughs> yeah my girls are like so it's over now and i'm like mm-hmm. they're like peace out and i'm like no no there's extras they're like no they stuck around for all like they what, did three hours, I think. Yeah, because it even has an intermission. Yeah. Yep. A legit intermission too, right. not just like a. Yeah, like a pause. Like no, a it's like thirty second. Inter- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I even watched that with a friend of mine. I went to her wedding out of town, and there were just a few of us, you know, that were even invited. And the day after her wedding, we all sat around and watched My Fair Lady and ate snacks and like leftover wedding cake. <laughs> And we loved it. Yeah. I think the guys all went golfing. They were fine. We didn't make them watch it with us. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciated that. Right. It's interesting, like, how with grandma, how that, and I don't know, you know, it passed on to you, but it, like, it passed on to my mom, then on to me, mm-hmm. of not just necessarily musicals, but a, a love for film. Yes. And so, I don't know, just... uh cool to think about with grandma Mm -hmm. so yes because i watched old movies with her too and now i have a bunch of old movies of course my daughters watch them now and no i do remember though with grandma one time she um let me rent jurassic park what i i can't even bring myself to watch that but continue and knowing that mom would not have let me get it i am so shocked right now yeah and then we're like a good because nothing really scary happens until maybe halfway when that mm-hmm. the jeep breaks down okay and the power goes off and grandma's like i think we should stop watching <laughs> <laughs> grandma was like i think i chose poorly my bad this is too this is too violent <laughs> so I think what she said oh i love her yeah so so we were watching ben her one time and she right. was like gina you need to leave the room and I was like, I need to leave the room. And she goes, you just have a tender heart and you're not going to be able to handle the next scene. She's like, you need to leave the room. Like she paused it and Jarrett got to stay, my older brother. And I had to leave the room. And so I still have never seen the whole Ben Hur because she made me leave the room for part of it. Would it, would it have been the race scene? Well, I don't know what scene would know. have been. Was there a scene where somebody was getting beat up or like it would have been too violent? Like, I don't know because i i don't honestly remember it now i just remember being told to leave the room interesting yeah we'd have our burritos that we got she always had frozen burritos for us over the weekend (laughs) we watch old movies in her apartment (laughs) i i feel like that racing would have been the only and maybe i don't because i mean they're like racing not just to finish but they like they can kill each other in the in the midst of the race too so 
So it could be that. Maybe she just felt like my, my little heart just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> she was protecting me. Yeah. So not only Christian music, but we got to talk about country as yes. well. It was a part of what you were listening to. Talk about that. It was. So for a while, every other weekend, I went with uh, my biological father, Paul, and he had cable, which we did not have at the other at my mom's house. So we got to watch a lot of country music videos <laughs> all through the 90s. Like, I got them all. Like, oh, man, there's so many of them. Um, you know, of course, there's Garth Brooks. There's um, Twyla Paris. She's in there. So many others yeah. that are just, oh, we we obviously have to mention this one, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Achy, breaky heart. Achy, breaky heart. Like, that was that was blared even at my, my mom's house. So my mom and then my stepdad who adopted me. So that's what I'm going to refer to as dad. Now that's what dad would blare like Ronnie Millsap and Billy Ray Cyrus. And that's what we had. <laughs> I'm just glad that he wasn't on like a Shania Twain kick or my mom was. Oh, cause, yeah. Gosh, that was rough. Shania Twain. You don't like Shania? I'm not a huge fan. You're the like, like first I feel like I'm going to shock you. I feel like I'm going to shock you when it comes to like high school too, because there's somebody else on this list that I'm not a fan of either. And it's an uncommon one. Like uncommon to not like them. Don't tell me it's Jay-Z. It is not Jay-Z, but it's his other half. Oh. So we would have dance parties. Like, you know, you get a new CD or you get a new, um, and you always have to get the single. That's the thing too. Like it wasn't like you just got the full album. No, the single would come out first right. and that's what you could get a hold of. So, you know, achy breaky heart, like on repeat. Oh man. And then, so we'd be blaring that and having like a dance party, you know, all the siblings messing around. It's fun. And then my mom actually sang in a band for a while and they did only oldies. So like Mr. Postman and some of yeah. those songs, then nice. I started growing up with. That's cool. I, knew, I cool. had no idea that she did that. I just knew that yeah. she sang was, at church. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, she was in a band for a while. She was kind of like a more of a backup singer than she was like a front runner. But okay, yeah, that's cool. That was cool. They actually played at my graduation. She was no longer in it then, but yeah, yeah, at my graduation party. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was a huge party. Yeah. Well, so is your wedding. <laughs> oh my word! Well, I mean, I was the first one to get married out of seven kids. And it was like, well, this person who knew her at one time should be invited, right? Yeah. And then this is a business associate, so they should be invited. And it got out of hand. There were over 500 handwritten invites. I just yeah. want to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. Sent. <laughs> oh, I'm sure my mom helped you with that. <laughs> she did help me with some yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, middle school. I right. am fascinated because a lot of the artists... It makes sense to be in the 90s, but it's a lot of alternative acts. So like mm-hmm. No Doubt, Beastie Boys, Blink-182, Third Eye Blind. How does that happen? Like, you know, what prompted the change to take place? Was it from friends or, or yeah, what? You know, you get into middle school and, you know, your friend groups change because before it's like whoever was in your class, you became friends with, you know, because you were with them for a full year in elementary school. And then you know, you get into middle school, but you start changing classes. You start meeting other kids. You start having kids that came in from other elementary schools. And so your friend group kind of changes, or at least you start meeting new people. And so that's where a lot of 
I think that came from, but plus that's what started getting played on the radio. Yeah. So, you know, now you're riding in the car with, you know, other people or other friends or their parents. And so then you start hearing different music because of who you're around. Right. So for example, I mean, it's not just no doubt, but you would include Gwen Stefani with her solo mm-hmm. career into this. What was so appealing about Gwen and no doubt at that time for you? So one, she was a powerful like lead woman, but powerful lead woman in an alternative genre, which was kind of not really done. Yeah. And so it's so rare even now. Right. Like you, you can only think of like a couple of them and like, I think cranberries too, that kind of comes to mind. Right. Um, but she also said stuff nobody else was saying. And that's kind of, I think why alternative music became a bigger thing too, is because you had all these people who were not necessarily outcasts, but kind of, you know, where they, they didn't go with the flow. They didn't meet the typical all American kid look. And so that's why I think, you know, good Charlotte's the anthem is amazing. Cause it's like, I don't want to be like you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be you at all. Yeah. And so when you have Gwen coming out with, you know, her song with like, take this pink ribbon off my eyes. Like I'm a girl and you know, all that stuff where she has like this whole like girl power movement along with it. Like, yeah, I'm a girl, but I'm not fragile. Like, yeah, I'm a girl, but I can do other things. And so I think that started more of that trend as well of music and artists saying things that you're like, yes, I feel that way. Or I think that way, or I needed someone else to say it. Mm -hmm. It feel like looking at pop music, like the nineties had this personal lyrical side to music that really, I mean, took it to a next level Mm -hmm. and kind of like what you're talking about and especially within alternative music. So, but I, I just, uh, I mean, we didn't have the thong song. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it flipped at one point to going yeah. the other way. And, well, like, and it got really corporate, I yeah, feel like. Definitely. I would argue that with the internet, because of illegal music being available through like Napster, that you had this consolidation of power with the corporations where they were making the decisions. Right. And so in, including like, the songs and mm-hmm. in, in a way like this is the, the kind of music that we're gonna put out now mm-hmm. so and a lot of those corporations were buying out other you know businesses as well so right and I think that's why like Avril Lavigne and Gwen Stefani stood out amongst like Britney Spears mm-hmm. and some of the boy bands then yeah because they were doing something different and they weren't following the norm so I, I get the sense like, you know, like this was kind of how you felt in middle and high school, just being like this kind of, I'm not going to do things just because everybody else in Leo is doing that. Sure. One, I didn't want to conform to stereotypes. So yes, I was a good Christian girl. However, just because some of them wanted to break away and be like, no, I'm bad and I do drugs or I'm sleeping around or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to do that, but I want to get a tattoo someday. You know, like, like I felt like I had my own, like I was somewhere in the middle of, I don't want to do all of the drastic things that you guys want to do, but I think dance is okay. Like, I think that should be allowed. I think (laughs) drinking in moderation is okay. Not as a teen, that's not allowed. You know, it was, it was just this, I felt kind of like this push and pull, like you have the pull of the world and you have the pull of 
like God or Christianity. And it was trying to find that like happy medium, but yet I was an angry kid at the same time. So I was different. Um, I had, if we just like break off for life for a second, you know, I had two parents and life wasn't really great at that time. They divorced. Mom got remarried. When mom got remarried, I gained three siblings immediately. Then she got pregnant with twins. So we were a step family along with half siblings. But then my stepdad adopted my brother and I. So they'd be like, so who's that? And be like, my step adopted sister. Like it just, it was different. And, and there weren't other families like us in Leo. Right. And so I need, I, I felt like I needed an outlet, if you will. I needed to hear that being different was okay and not wanting to be this perfect Christian girl, yet also not wanting to be a hellion. I didn't like, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not really a rebel, but I kind of am. <laughs> right. You mentioned having frustration and anger. What would you do with those emotions when it came to music? So that's where I would blare music to drown out thoughts or if silence felt deafening, yeah. then I needed music. So this is something that we have never discussed. So music for me, it's not something that I just hear and I relate to because I have that other side of me that is creative and artsy, if you will. Then I hear music and I hear, I can then see, like I start to visualize like a production, if you will. So I could see the dancers doing specific moves in certain costumes, the makeup, the lighting, you know, and just the atmosphere as well. It's not just that I would hear it and enjoy it. It was more than that. It's almost like you could take it to a different level and that level wasn't necessarily reality, but it felt better than reality at the time. Hmm. And then what's cool is later in life, I was able to take some of those songs and choreograph them and perform them or have them be performed. Let's talk about uh, Ace of Bass. Ace of how, Bass, Wow, yes. that uh, was a, yes. a huge impact for you. Ace of Bass was so huge for me. So I was 13 years old. I was at your parents' house. We were having my <laughs> birthday party, like with the family. Was it here? No, or it at was the, at the other house. Okay. Yeah. And Uncle Jeff was the cool uncle. He was not married. I think he was still in college at the time. Maybe he was just back from Iceland. I don't know. His life was so strange to me, but yeah. amazing at the same time. Yeah. Like, not that we idolized him, but he was cool, right? Like, so I'm 13 years old, and he brought me my first CD ever, full album, Ace of Bass. I listened to that thing so much. It is still scratched. I still have it. Occasionally, I put it in. It doesn't really play well, so now we just, you know, use Amazon Music, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I read the whole, like, the whole pamphlet thing that comes with it that has all the lyrics or not lyrics or just info. And they were originally Aces of the Basement. I don't know if you knew that. No. Yes. And they had to shorten it because who wants to be called Aces of the Basement? But yeah, because they started out in a basement. Like not, <laughs> instead of a garage band, they were a basement band. So that's how Ace of Bass came about. Weird. I mean, yeah. I just knew that they were from Sweden. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I saw the sign. and Yeah. I was going to yeah. ask, was it the album with the sign and yep. all that she wants? Yep. Nice. Oh. I still know it. So this is amazing. My kids know it because I raised my daughters to listen to all kinds of music. I played all kinds of music for them growing up. 
And then we're at a stoplight one day and our music was lower, which is random. But the guy next to us had to have been like late thirties, early forties, blaring Ace of Bass and singing along. And I was like, he is my people. Like I was so excited. My girls didn't judge him either. They were like, he's so cool. I'm like, I know. I'm like, what man feels so comfortable that he can blare Ace of Bass at a stoplight and like doesn't flinch. Amazing. That's rare. Yeah. It's it's impressive. It's, that's why I had to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> We're still middle school. Rap became yes. a huge part of you. I, I know part of that's because of Jarrett. Yep. But um, talk about who some of those artists were and sure. what that was like. So that's when, you know, I'm listening. So I also have to like preface. So my brother started driving. He ended up moving up from a Corsica which is just a POS type car. And he moved up to a Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah. And it was red, red and it had racing stripes. Well, then he put a sound system in it. So now when you sat in the back seat, like you could feel yourself not even needing to breathe. Like it's like it did it for you. You're like, I'm pretty sure my chest is rattling. My hair is moving. That's how much bass there was in that vehicle. But he would play like Notorious B.I.G., DMX, Jay-Z. That was a big one for him. Jay-Z, he really love Jay-Z. I think that resonated with him. Hmm. So just writing along and knowing all these songs. And of course, Eminem comes into play as yeah. well. And it was just crazy. But if I wanted to be in my brother's car, then I knew I was going to be listening to some kind of rap that had highly inappropriate lyrics in it for sure. But uh, we were going to have fun mm -hmm. and go fast. You felt <laughs> pretty cool too. Oh yeah. I mean, Going it's the older school. brother, so he's cool. Oh yeah. You're pulling in in like the nicest sort of car. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool moments for sure. So I got grounded to the bus, but that's another story that didn't have anything to do with music. <laughs> in high school, it, it kind of switched from the alternative in the rap to more R&B, mm -hmm. SWV out of Eden, but you could include Usher, Destiny's Child into this as and well. Aaliyah. Yeah. yeah. Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. What was the, the change? What, I what think, prompted that? I think a lot of that has to do with even as you're growing and maturing, like in, you know, as a junior high kid, you don't know what's happening. So much stuff is changing. You think you know everything. And then all of a sudden you hit high school and you're like, oh, I'm a nerd. Or, oh, I'm <laughs> not cool. Or, you know, or I am. Like, I mean, I was captain of the cheerleading squad at one point. I'm not going to say that I was ever cool. I definitely don't think I was, but you know, I think then you change. And so your friend group changes. And so that's when I started hearing more of Destiny's Child. And I already had been listening to SWV on my own, but that's also when Aaliyah came into play. She was huge when I was in high school and rightfully so she was amazing. Yeah. And so then you have just, you're not, you don't have like that teenage angst as much either. And so you're kind of maturing. And as you mature, I think you're, you just kind of change with people and music. I'm also just kind of thinking back to where there was like a, a kind of a shift towards R&B a ton mm -hmm. during your high school years anyway, which is just, it's, I don't yeah. know. It's just kind of interesting that our, like rap kind of faded right during that time and became, and even in some ways you had people like Jay-Z even who were, 
not no longer just rapping, but they were having more R and B other rappers too, not just Jay Z, mm-hmm. but kind of this way in which to put hip hop and and R and B together mm-hmm. in a way. And yeah. it, like Crazy in Love is, I think, a good example of that. Yes. Yeah, it's it's almost like they started teaming up with other people or different genres even to try and change for what people were wanting. Mm-hmm. I think that music changed a lot around that time frame anyway. You know, we yeah, we went from alternative to rap to R&B and boy bands even. Yes, I forgot about them. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't a huge boy band person, but yes, they were in there for sure. Yeah, it's I think it's interesting that they were able to kind of flow with the trends and actually it reminds me of Madonna. I mean, she started out 80s oh, yeah doing all kinds of stuff, rocking it in the eighties, doing amazing. Then she was still in the nineties and she was still in the early two thousands because she was a chameleon, if you will. Right. And adapted to what people wanted. Yeah. Well, so I'm reminded of like Ray of Light mm-hmm. had more of those Euro like electronic. Yes. Sounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about techno. Oh my gosh. What? Techno was there too. It yeah. shouldn't be. I don't know. Maybe it should. People love it. I shouldn't judge. It's like, it's so hated or loved, right. I feel like. I guess, I, and, and for me, I'm actually just on the fence. I'm like, I don't really hate it. I don't really love it. <laughs> if it's in a, you know, a place where we can dance at, fine. Because I remember it was in the teen, because we did have a teen club that you could go to in Fort Wayne. I can't think of the name of it now. I only went a few times. But yeah. what was amazing to me is I saw some people from Leo, and they had like a dance troupe. So like they came in on the floor like they were a troop, like they had their own little like signature dance moves, like choreographed that that's how they entered the club floor. Like it was, I was like, who, what? Oh, I know him. He's such a nerd. Like when did he become cool? Like I was so baffled, but I was like, well, good for you, dude. Like you found your place. (laughs) And then as I became a dancer at 17, I became a ballroom dancer. Then it was even different to then go to a club because club dancing is not the same. Right. Let's talk about that. Like, right. wh- how did that all come about? And how does that, obviously there's music that goes along with the dancing. What kind of shifts in your listening habits took place from that? We'll start with how I got into it. My parents started taking dance lessons because friends of theirs were, and they were like, Gina, I think you'd like this. And I was like, you mean old people dancing? Did you just <laughs> say waltz and foxtrot? Like, that's so old. She's like, no, no, no. Come on. And this is before Dancing with the Stars. So keep that yeah, in yeah. mind. So she's like, they bought me a package that I finished out in like a week. And I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. That's your swing music. That's, uh, so, you know, your 50s. Um, then you get into the waltz, the foxtrot. And so that's more of the rat pack. And then there was Latin. I was like, oh, I like Latin. Like, my bosses later were like, yeah, any booty shaking music Gina thinks is amazing. And I'm like, it's just true. I can't help it. I can't sit still. I love it. So then, yeah, that's when I you know, started listening more to Shakira. She had started to be a thing in um, the U.S., but she was huge in Latin America. And so, yeah, that's when I shifted from basically what was being played on the radio to what CD could I get my hands on from the studio. that I. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they decided to pay to train me, which was amazing. So I got basically like a paid internship with them. And that's how I got to learn how to dance um, ballroom and then how to be a good teacher and instructor and performer. So that's how I got my start in it. And then 
adjusted it from there to doing musicals or their daughter dances, wedding dances, all kinds of stuff. But the music definitely changed and opened up so much more. What would you say would be some like impactful things from the the ballroom dancing with music for you? Being able to be a part of something bigger than yourself. So a lot of people think, oh, you're just a dance teacher, whatever. You just have fun all day. Okay. Well, I pulled 12 hour days and I was exhausted, but I also dealt with couples who had to go to take dance lessons because their therapist recommended it because they weren't doing great. And so they wanted them to be doing something together that neither of them knew how to do kind of come together and be a team. And then also they had to touch each other. It's just how that works. So I had to be comfortable with getting into people's space and into their private lives a bit and just watching different ones kind of grow through that and work through things was amazing. But then you have ones that come in for their wedding dance, you know, neither have ever danced before. And now you've got to put together because God love them. They chose a five minute long song. No one wants to watch that for everyone out there listening. If you're getting married, choose a two minute song or cut it to two minutes or less. No one wants to watch that for very long. Anyone who brought me a five minute song, I'd be like, so if we fade it out here, I think that would be perfect. Tell your DJ to do that. Or we do the whole thing of like, take their hand. And now we walk onto the floor together. Then we like present the lady, right? And we do a turn to show her off. I mean, that dress was expensive. So you got to show it off. And we do it so that her left hand is out. So she can also show off the ring. Yay. Everyone's happy. Now you come together and no one's expecting you to dance, right? So we're going to do this way. And then we're going to rotate it around and then boom, busting out into a dance because that's how you eat up freaking time when they don't want to cut that dang song. That is the worst. Let's talk about uh, musicals in high Mm -hmm. school. Uh, Oh yeah. Little Abner. Yeah. I think I, if I remember correctly, I came to a few of those myself with the family, but talk about how you got involved into that and, why that was something that you really wanted to do. So I was in Hello Dolly. That was the first one I did. And we got to pretty much like pick out our own costumes, which was kind of fun. So that was like the cool aspect of it. We got to be our own seamstresses, if you will, or costume designers and make our own hats and just go all out. That was fun. But I got super frustrated with the choreographer. So I felt like she was never prepared She made crap up on the spot, then forgot what she did, and we were all trying to figure it out. It was so frustrating. (laughs) If you are listening to that, I I still like you. So I was complaining and complaining and complaining, and finally my friend turned to me, and she goes, if you don't like it, shut up this year, and next year be the choreographer. And I was like, I will. (laughs) And I was. And so that's the year we did Little Abner. We had cartwheels, backflips, some swing dancing in there, not line dancing, but like chorus line, like dancing stuff where like every, like every other person did a backflip all the way down the line. Like it was so fun. Yeah. That musical itself is just goofy. And then I was also part makeup on that. And there's a part where they went from being like scrawny dudes to drinking an elixir to being like these buff dudes, right? Well, how do you make that happen in seconds on a stage? Well, you have different guys, obviously. So we, it was partly my job to go find the buff guys to have (laughs) in the musical because they had no lines. They had no singing. They just had to flex. That was their job. 
And so I had to talk to different guys like on the football team right. and basketball yeah. team. And then, then it was better. So now they're about to go on. And I'm like, let's get your makeup done. They're like, we do not do makeup. <laughs> and one of the dudes was like, I don't care. Make me look good. Make me look better. He was like, do it. So I'm talking like shirts off. Yeah. And I am drawing with like foundation sticks, like defining their muscles, like on their bodies. <laughs> like these dudes I go to school with, I have algebra with you tomorrow. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it was so awkward and so funny. One of them became my pastor later in life. <laughs> But it was funny too, because once I did it on one and they're like, they all lined up. They're like, yeah, do me next. <laughs> they're like, define all my muscles. Thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about movie soundtracks as well during this time. Yes. So like Titanic had came out in 97. Yeah. <laughs> my I mean, will go on. Oh it's gosh. huge. <laughs> it was. It was huge. I mean, everybody loved that song. I mean. I almost feel like that set off Celine Dion's career oh, yeah. on a, in a huge way. Not that she wasn't talented. She yeah. absolutely was. She did a, like a a song with R. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. Like, Yeah, she teamed up with Barbara Streisand. Like, yeah. yeah, you go like Barbara Streisand to R. Kelly. Like how do you even, I don't even know how that happens, but that's incredible. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's just so talented. So yeah, I mean, Titanic was huge. All the girls were into it. My mom took me actually to see it. And I was like, yeah, not sure why everyone's really thrilled about it, but okay. But again, I was different. I liked alternative music back then. So (laughs) I wasn't wasn't a typical girl. But also like Pirates of the Caribbean, that music is incredible. And then my absolute favorite music or favorite uh, movie is Moonrise Kingdom. It's a Wes Anderson film. Oh, uh, is Alexandra Desplat? Um, I think that one. I don't know. It, but, is that the, like the lead girl? Because she was no, kind no, no, of unknown. Like the, this would be the composer. Oh, possibly. I should know that since okay. I have it. But it had so many big names in it. But it was an independent film, and it's like hilarious and awful, yeah. like all at the same time. And I love it. It is Alexandra. Yeah, that dude's incredible. So, I mean, you go from like the whole Noah's flood to like a musical at the time, and then you go into all the different musical instruments that are in an orchestra, but then you also had the French artist on there that did her segment, and yeah, I just love that soundtrack. Like, a friend of mine, we used to watch the movie together when she lived with me, and later she was like, just got the soundtrack, my soul is happy. And I was like, my soul is jealous. Like... (laughs) For Valentine's Day, I got the soundtrack. Thank you, Steve. Nice. Um, my husband. And so now my, my soul is also happy. Any other soundtracks? I mean, oh, well, I mean, Mr. Holland's Opus. That was incredible. Yeah. So many good songs mm-hmm. that are on that. But then also the original music that's composed is great, too. Right. Yeah. Oh, actually, Brave, um, yeah. the Disney movie. I love that. I choreographed some stuff with that as well. And that's a lot of tango music, which tango music is awesome. That's weird that you're talking like it's like a Celtic. Oh, film, some of it is, yeah. But then you've got tango. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the film. I'm just I don't remember the tango. Um, I wish I could remember which one it was that I choreographed. I can't think of it at the moment. Um, it was drilled in my head for like I don't know six months, and now yeah, you know, gone. But. I don't know which instrument it was, but it was almost like a, it was a foggy scene and it was like, and you're like, oh, what is that about? 
And then like, so it had to be some kind of horn. Of course I did not do it justice. And then, you know, drums come in and different, like, it's just, it's, it was really good. But also if you want to like upbeat, fun one, Moana. Yeah. You know, and they have a bunch of the drums in that as well. And so actually Bolero is in, that is um, how far I'll go. Uh, but then you also have an East Coast swing in Maui's song. Uh, thank you. Mm. So once you learned ballroom dancing, then you realized it, there's so much in it. Like a lot of the songs nowadays are cha-cha music, but no one really knows that unless they're in that group. So that's kind of cool. Or it's a salsa or a samba. Yeah. And so then you have like the Latin genre, but it, it's interesting how much that is actually in today's music. So post high school, you know, we've already talked a lot on ballroom dancing that was going on at that time, but the, some other elements that were coming up during this time, fifties music, like Rat Pack, for example, Mm -hmm. with, you know, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, et cetera, classical elements as well. I'm assuming these all came from the dancing element. A lot of it did. Because it just opened the door to so much more music. But then as you learn like what the different tempos are, what the different beats are, things of that sort, then you start hearing it in today's music. So that's kind of cool. Classical came about, though, in a completely different way. So I actually stepped back from ballroom for a while and went into the medical field. And I was uh, an EMT, a phlebotomist, a surgical, I'm actually a certified surgical technologist, you know, got a degree and all of that in it. But working in that environment can be heavy and hard. And especially when I worked in the ER. So one of the recommendations was leave it all at the ER. And you're like, how do you do that? How do you not bring this mess home that you just saw? Or, you know, we did save a life or we didn't, or, you know, the harm we saw people doing to each other. And her recommendation was listen to music, cry, whatever you need to do, get it out before you get home. Mm -hmm. And so that's when classical music came in because there aren't words. So words wouldn't, I feel like a lot of times words will trigger something for you or words will help. Like it just depends on what kind of song you're listening to. And in this situation, I didn't need words. I needed to, I'm to just get out whatever feeling I was having, whether it was happy or sad, not happy. I, of course I could take that one home, but you know, if it was sad or devastating or awful or whatever, then I could just listen to music that would sort of like wipe it away mm-hmm. because I didn't have to think about, anything. There was nothing gripping me to the music. I could just be done. And so that was a way that I chilled out to come home to an infant and a toddler and my husband. Yeah. Were there any like specific artists or like composers that? I really like Beethoven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is that? I think a lot of, I think with him being deaf, that was huge because he then did things out of feel not necessarily out of hearing. And so the music is just a smidge different or maybe even drastically different. If you are into all of that and you've studied it, then I don't want to offend you, but it, he did classical music in a different way. You know, a lot of them have like, well, we start out slow and then we crescendo and then we decrescendo. And he was just like, sometimes boom, yeah, this is happening. Right. So, you know, finding out, you know, he used to compose like, cut the legs off of the piano and had it on the floor and, you know, literally was beating it out. Like that's incredible. And you can, you experience it differently. That's so fascinating. So around this time you were dating Steve, got married. 
mm-hmm. what, it's been 20 years now? Almost. We will ce- we'll celebrate 18 years next month. Wow. But I've known him for about 20. Yeah. yeah. We're dating That's for about awesome. 20. Yeah. You have a, a really, like, like the special moment with Steve when it comes to boys to men. Yes. Talk about that. All right. So he was great. He's definitely great for me. I hope I'm great for him. I don't know. So, like, I was dancing sometimes 12 hours a day for ballroom. And so I was tired, and he'd want to go out. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like, I don't even want to stand anymore. Because when I talk about ballroom, like, you're in high heels all day. It's not just that you were on your feet, you know, doing a job. No, you were in high heels. You were moving. Sometimes you were helping to hold someone else up till they got, you know, the move right or whatever. And sometimes they fell on you and you caught them. Or I was also a competitor, so sometimes I got dropped. <laughs> That was a thing. So not often. Yeah. But <laughs> you only drop still. them once and your coach lets you have it. But so there was one night he was like, let's go out. And I'm like, why? And he's like, just trust me. He's like, let's go out. And I'm like, but I want to be in my jammies. He's like, wear your jammies. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, I'll even bring you a hoodie. Okay. If I can go out in my jammies and wear a hoodie and I'm not going to be embarrassed. Heck yeah, Steve. All right. That dude showed up with DeBrand's hot chocolate. Nice. Yeah. Uh, hit one of his hoodies, which of course is like huge on me. Yeah. Hot chocolate hoodie and took me around to see Christmas lights. Like nice. that was amazing. Right. And then he would play like different music in the car for me. So that was also cool that he has different music that he likes versus what I like. So even getting some more sublime and alternative music from him too. And classic rock, even though I'm not a rock person, but that's okay. <laughs> but then you know, we stop the car. He opens the car doors. We're in a driveway. It's not like we're in the middle of nowhere. We're in a driveway. He stops the car, opens the doors, puts on boys to men. And we just like slow danced in the driveway and like, oh my gosh, he just melts my heart. He's just a good dude. He just knows what I want. And I may not even know it. I yeah. didn't realize I needed hoodie and a hot shot cho- and hot chocolate, but I did. And, and a dance outside. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. He's a cool dude. We yeah. still have uh, random dance parties at our house and or he'll even just do crazy dance moves to make me smile. <laughs> see, I need to see that. I think everyone does, quite honestly. I feel like maybe we'll video it next time. Okay. Because it makes all of us laugh. Because <laughs> I, I have not seen it. Oh, uh, it's, I'm sure it's a I treat. Would, I'm sure I would enjoy it. Just to I'm laugh. positive you would. <laughs> <laughs> but he can also dance. I should like sidebar. To date me, a stipulation was to learn how to ballroom dance. Because yeah. that's when it was huge for me. So... He did take lessons. He can do it. He can dance. Chooses not to a lot, but that's okay. Like the bare minimum. Right. Pretty much. (laughs) Enough to get a passing grade. Right. He can get around the floor. That's a thing. If you can get around the floor in ballroom, you're doing amazing. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I have to know, it's 311. And 311 was one of my favorite bands as well. Okay. And still to this day, (laughs) if it is 311, I blast... A 311, a 311 song. song, whether it's down, amber, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> My kids hate it. I might add, they oh, are not fans of 311 at all. And I'll be like, it's 311. We're like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what that means? And they're like, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, it's 312. We missed it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was also riding in the car with Jarrett. That's how I found out about 311. Carrie Underwood uh, was a huge part too, kind of coming back to your country roots mm-hmm. in a bit, in a way. Yeah. So, you know, we have Carrie Underwood, um, goodness, Martina McBride still making music too. 
Mackenzie Porter. She's a newer one. Yeah, you know, country also is in ballroom. I don't know if you knew that. There is a whole country dance world out there. and Beyond like square dancing and yes. line dancing. Oh, yeah. So there's triple two, two-step. They have their own like bolero and they have a cha-cha as well. Wow. Yeah. And a waltz. They have a waltz. So, yeah. it's And it's a totally like different Style, world. Yeah. Yeah, in different styles, and but it's a lot of fun. I found that it, I actually enjoyed that side of it. So when I originally started out, the studio that I was at didn't do country, like, at all. I, I knew nothing about it. But the next studio that I was at, um, they were from Chicago, and they brought a whole different way of teaching in as well. So I loved that, and their support for students was not always, what can they, well, how much money do they have? Can we get more money out of them? But it they actually taught them to be good dancers and they're like, they'll come back and they'll tell friends because you know, there's proof that we did good work here. Right. But anyway, they're the ones that taught me the other category of country. And so that's where more of like the Carrie Underwood comes in and big town and goodness, there's so many more now with all the different dances then that are within country besides line dancing and besides square dancing, Mm -hmm. which I can do those too. (laughs) Square dancing, though, I don't know if you realize this, that is so much cardio. So I came from ballroom, which is still cardio. I mean, we have our single swing, cha-chas, East Coast swing, like all that's fast. West Coast isn't really fast, but it's a lot of stuff. And so I'm like, I'm not out of shape. And I got invited to a square dance. And wow. I was like, I think I may have to sit out. I, I don't think I was prepared for this. I now feel out of shape. Wow. Yeah, it's impressive. And the fact that like an older generation does it is baffling to me. Right, yeah. Yeah, or shocking or that they keep it up. Right. Like those, those are some in shape people that could whoop you. Like <laughs> they, they could outrun me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> did Dubosh teach you square dancing? He did. Yes. And I actually did look forward to square dancing in gym because I really hated throwing a ball against the wall, which he got told. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I did like square dancing in gym. Nice. Mm-hmm. let's talk about more uh, present day a lot of this is you know influence with your girls but also it's your interest too mm-hmm. so for example taylor swift oh. comes to mind t swizzle as steve calls her oh yeah yes that's how he <laughs> refers to her at the house t swizzle what's his thoughts on taylor I, he's definitely not like love it but at the same time I think because there is, there's been so much music in our home, he doesn't mind when it's on. But if it's too many Taylor Swift songs in a row, he's not really a fan of the Reputation album. I would say I think a lot of people would agree with that. Agree with yeah. that. Yeah, and then Folklore and Evermore, he's not really like, yeah, those are great. But you know, Shake It Off, he's fine with. That's a great song. He'll do it. Yeah, he'll dance along with us and sing along and yeah, yeah. But yeah, her. So now I have teenagers that are 14 and 16. So there I, you know, I have one still, I think in a bit of that teenage angst years. And so right now she is just real big on Olivia Rodriguez and that girl is angry. She had her heart broken and she let everyone know for sure. And so I can only listen to a few songs before I'm like, Addison, can we, can we change it maybe to some, (laughs) so this is when I recommend, can we listen to some Taylor Swift? Like never thought that would come out of my mouth, but here we are. So um, a lot of times Addie will ride home with me from work and she 
is in charge of the music. She's my DJ. So I get to hear a lot of interesting music from Addison. Yeah. What do you think is Olivia's appeal to your teens generation? Sure. So, you know, she actually was influenced by Taylor Swift as well. Yeah. She grew up listening to Taylor. So she got to hear Taylor express feelings. Like I think what's good about Taylor Swift too, like I feel like we have to talk about both of them is that she also was saying things kind of like when Stefani did in a different way, harsher way, you know, she was talking about breakups and love and first kisses and things like that. She had like a sweeter side to it, if you will. And then we have Olivia Rodriguez who is like, you know what? My breakup was public because social media is so huge for everybody right now. And so she had a public breakup. Then she had it publicly in her face, the new couple. And I believe there's been some backlash between them and fighting, I believe, on social media, too, or just trash talking, maybe. Addie has told me a little bit about it. Yeah. So I think the appeal there is it's it's real for them. You know, it's, it's kind of like how Gwen Stefani was for me. It For them, yeah, when you go through a breakup, it's not just like, yeah, you have to see him at school. They're still on social media. The new girlfriend is in your face. Like, it's just everywhere, I think. And so for Olivia Rodriguez to sing about it, I think helped. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Yeah. And, and TikTok helps too, I mm-hmm. think in, in some ways. Well, there's but, even the country song. I think breaking up was easier in the nineties. And I'm like, okay. Because he's like, you know, talking about how when you scroll in Facebook, he sees how happy she is without him. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know that breakups are ever easier, but I could see that. But also put your phone down, but whatever. Well, I know from research, like with, when it comes to like, and not just with a relational breakup, like even with a family or friend mm-hmm. split, divide, like a divide of some sort, like research shows, like you just got to unfollow them. Right. You, you like, you're going to benefit so much better from not having any idea. Mm-hmm. What the, what's going on. Yeah. It's almost like it's easier to think of them as having passed away yeah. than constantly seeing it in your face that they're better off without you. Well, or worse off depending. It's like a, and depending on how, you know, the breakup is, it, you're just mm-hmm. re-traumatizing yourself. Right. Which then just keeps you stuck in the, whatever mindset that you are mm-hmm. insecurities come out and Right. And then you can't so, learn from that. You can't no. move on from that. You're stuck. Yeah. yeah. And that's never good. I wish <laughs> we could all learn that. Earlier. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's but, what everyone will learn from the podcast yeah. today. Thank you, Olivia. <laughs> uh, any other uh, music that recently you've been uh, enjoying? Little Mix. Little Mix is one of them. Are um, you actually enjoying that? I do. <laughs> I do. So another one that's crazy that's going to surprise you is... Nicki Minaj with Hey Mama. It is vulgar as all get out, Um, but I enjoy it. And I think it's because I love the music video. Like the dancing in the music video is incredible and it's like acrobatic and it's so cool. And I think when I, it's one of those, again, like when I hear it, I see something else and I could like see a performance of it done live that I think would just be incredible. Hmm. Even though no one will want to sit through those lyrics. That is darn for darn sure. (laughs) It's like Mohambi. Mohambi has, um, bumpy ride it is one of my favorite songs i am not embarrassed but it is not a great video and it is not great lyrics they're just wrong and my daughters heard it for the first time 
oh gosh, 10 years ago. So wow. like I said, they're 14 and 16. Yeah. So they heard that song 10 years ago because when my husband was out of town for three weeks for training that I was sad and I was lonely and I wished he had been there because all of a sudden I was a single mom full time yeah. um, with these two little girls and ended up having to, like, while he was gone, I got a job, got them into preschool and a private school. And when he came back, I was like, this is our new life. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> but it was, it was a rough time. And so I just needed a song that was silly, but I, silly is the wrong word. It had a great beat. I enjoyed moving to it and the lyrics didn't matter. Got you through the moment. Yeah, it did. And so now my girls, we listened to it the other day, like a week ago, and they were like, you let us listen to this? I'm like, oh yeah, this song is not good. Like, <laughs> as far as lyrics go, it is not appropriate for children. That's for darn sure. But they didn't know. <laughs> what is it about music that makes us enjoy it so much? Why do we listen to music? Hmm. I think music can speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. I think sometimes it gives you the words you didn't know you wanted, but they were the right ones. So I think it can speak to your soul. And so I think that music can do so much for you. We have to have it. I feel like it, I mean, it started way back with even just hitting a drum or creating a drum to what it's become today, which is incredible. And then, you know, you add in the technology side of it and, it's become production, but at the same time, I think if you boil it down, it's, it speaks for us, it speaks to us and it moves us. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, Gina. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. This was great. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.